The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Friday, July 29th, and today we are looking at position battles and their fantasy impact in the Western Conference. Now, last Friday, we hit the Eastern Conference position battles, so check that episode out if you haven't already. Today, it's the West, as I said, and I'm joined by Steve Alexander and Jared Johnson, who is in a new location today. It's throwing me off. I'm also in a new location. Everything has changed. I'm confused. What's going on? What's the word, Jared? Where are we? I'm uh, I'm officially in my new spot. Nice. Uh, took a took a little bit to find this place, but no more cats. That's the biggest plus. That's big. It's big. Two dogs. <laughs> Steve's shaking his. Steve, you can't even say the word cats around Steve without upsetting him. By the way, <laughs> dude, I there are four cats in my yeah. in my world. That's a lot of cats. That's too many. That's too I'm like many. one cat. I'm one cat away from being crazy cat guy. Yeah, five is um, when it officially happens. They say. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, that could happen at any any moment, really. But yeah, I, mean, I was just looking at, out my window, and I, I had all my bobbleheads all lined up along the. But I had to take them all down because they kept breaking them and getting up there and <laughs> gazing out the window, dreaming about being outside. Well, and then I took all of their food bowls and put them uh-huh. all outside. So I'm. If I could get the kids to stop letting the cats in the house, yeah. we, 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 we would actually be getting somewhere, but whatever. We, ha- we have only one cat, and it's a lot. I mean, her, the most uh, annoying things that she does in my mind are, like, I'll have, like, you know, a glass of water on the bedside table, and I'll, like, sometimes catch her drinking it. And it's like, Ugh. now I don't know when you've been <laughs> drinking my stuff at any time, because you can get anywhere in the house. So that's yeah. unsettling. and. Secondly, like late at night, she's very, she like wants to eat all the time, but at some point you can't just feed your cat nonstop, right? (laughs) So she'll like wait by the kitchen and then do this little sprint in. She'll like kind of try to get you to go into the kitchen and she like shuffles in with you and like tries to steer you toward the food area. And it's like very draining. The the latest uh, thing we've figured out is that a possum comes and eats the cat food at night and i have video of the possum wow dude this thing is like a 10 pound possum it's yeah. like a whopper like he, like he's, he's been eating my cat food for like 10 years those he's are wild so fat <laughs> wild and creatures. he's like the happiest possum in the world uh and yeah he comes every night and he eats cat food so i, I go through like a 25 dollar bag of cat food okay. about every six days <laughs> Um, we also have uh, we've also discovered recently that uh there are armadillos in Dahlonega really yeah and my neighbor had two of them running around in his backyard the other day like his they were like his cats so amazing I'm waiting for the armadillos to show up at my house bet you don't have armadillos where you live Jared I do not 
I do not. Yeah. Lots of weird bugs in Nevada, though, I'm discovering. Anyways. <laughs> well, uh, this is Turn Into Nature Talk with Matt, Steve, and Jared. We're going to kind of, we're going to call an audible here. We're going to talk animals the entire podcast. <laughs> Just no, talk no, about okay. animals. Let's get into these position battles, fellas. Um, we're going to start in Dallas, and this one's for you, Steve. We've talked about this a little bit already, so I don't know that we need to go too far on this one, but the position battle here is in the front court. Believe it or not, it's one I never thought that I would type. It's Christian Wood versus JaVale McGee. Now, uh, via Tim Cato of The Athletic, there is slash was talk. He basically projected that Wood uh, slates to come off the bench as of this point in the offseason with JaVale McGee starting. Now, I don't know how much we really think this matters for fantasy, whether we think this will come to fruition. Like, where are you currently on this one, Steve? And then we'll hear from you, Jared. I mean, that just makes no sense to me whatsoever. I I don't know why Christian Wood and JaVale McGee both will not be starting for Dallas. Well, I mean, sorry to interrupt you. I think it has to do with Spencer Dinwiddie projected to start and Dorian Finney-Smith starting. And who else am I forgetting? Oh, and Reggie Bullock was projected to start in 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 that world. And then they have a guy named Luka Doncic. I'll believe Uh, it when I see it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm i not signing Christian Wood to bring him off the bench. I'm sorry. Uh, right. I, 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 I just don't get it. I don't, I don't see why you start don't start JaVale McGee, Christian Wood, Dorian Finney-Smith, um, Bullock, and Luca. And, and Dinwiddie needs to come off the bench. You know, when I'm coach of the Mavs, which should happen some I, – I think they're going <laughs> to announce it. It's uh, like August 15th. Is, yeah, we've been trending that way for a while. My agent told me around August 15th is when I'd be able to to really dive into that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I will be starting those guys. And Spencer Dinwiddie will be coming off the bench, backing up Luca, playing on those, you know, those 15 games when Luca's out with a sprained right ankle. Uh, Dinwiddie's time to shine. But I just I don't know how you don't start both of those guys together. Jared? Or or just don't start McGee. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just weird. It's a soon-to-be 27-year-old Christian Wood versus a will-be 35 JaVale McGee, and yeah. we're talking about that as a as a position battle. Um, McGee has been long-time reserve. I, I, maybe they're talking about him starting kind of like he did on the Warriors a little bit, like as a 15-minute starter where right. he just kind of is in the game as a lob target, but then you get in Wood. But I don't know how Wood would handle that. I mean, Wood has had issues in locker rooms regarding touches, and I can't imagine him being happy uh-huh. with coming off the bench. I thought the reason they brought him in was to give Luca a true number two. Why is he going to be a super sub? So yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Um, I, I guess if this is the, if this is how it actually plays out, um, I guess I would be a little bit less interested in Wood, and I'd be willing to take a late round flyer on McGee. But I, I just, it's just a, it's so it's such a strange situation. I don't yeah. I don't necessarily believe it just yet. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's July, so this it's could July. this could change. Yeah. They could change what they're saying. I, mean, I think Tim Cato, you know, is is pretty plugged into what's going on with the team. So, I mean, that right. that seems to be the thinking right now, or or a pretty valid projection right now. But again, it's July, so I mean, you know, could change, like you said. So, yeah, at this point, we're we're not gonna 
we're not going to overcorrect or anything like that. But if Christian Wood's coming off the bench as the season starts, I mean, I still think he's closing games too. So it's not like I right. need to move him that far dra- down my draft board. But right. it's just something to watch and keep in mind. Um, I think and, it does. I think it will make him more readily available in the yeah. 30s instead mm-hmm. of people reaching on him. Like if, if Christian Wood really is going to come off the bench, uh, that's probably – Good news for I where can see him falling even draft. further than that if if he's going yeah. off the bench. Six round six territory. Yeah. Round four. six. I mean, I could see. I, I yeah, or I could see him in like the fifty to sixty range. I don't know. We, we widely vary on our projection. Obviously, I think where, this and again, it's July. It's July for us yeah. too. Like we yeah. don't have to have our rankings in order for a couple months. So. Right or ever. Uh, let's go to Jared's team now, the Warriors. Uh, we have a Kavon Looney, James Wiseman situation. Uh, obviously, Looney had that really strong playoffs, and James Wiseman, notable, notable, James Wiseman is notably playing basketball again after uh, showing some flashes at Summer League. Jared, as the, the resident Warriors enthusiast, what is your what are you envisioning from these two guys? Are you envisioning like a like a split of minutes? Do you think? Unfortunately, yeah. yeah, I think I think it could be a timeshare situation. It'll be a little bit disappointing to me if Wiseman can't get the starting gig. He was the number two overall pick, and we just haven't really, but we haven't seen much of anything of him. So I'm not really ready to judge him. Like I, I still like him as a potential late round pick, but you know the Dubs just won a championship with Kevon Looney as the starting center. They kind of have a good thing going. I'm not sure that, you know, there's a lot going in Looney's favor and less going in Wiseman's favor. That said, I do think that even if it's kind of a 25-minute split, I still think that Wiseman could be effective. He's a very talented guy. Again, we've seen very little of him. A lot. I've, there's there's talk in the Twitter sphere of him being a bust, and I don't think that's a fair label to put on this young man just Yeah, now. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that whole draft was weird, right? Anthony Edwards went number one. He's he's turned out to be a pretty good player. And then Wiseman went two. Lamelo Ball went third, and then it was just a bunch of guys, man. Mm-hmm. Patrick Williams, Isaac Okoro, your guy Akanu, Killian Hayes, Obi Toppin. Like that was a that was a rough rough draft. As far as this position battle goes. Kevon Looney was kind of awesome last year when the Warriors needed him to be, like, really came through in the clutch. But, I mean, Wiseman should be the starter. Right. Um, I think Looney is more of a, a role player in the NBA. Wiseman has star potential. Um, it's going to be a timeshare either way, regardless of who wins the job. I'm not real excited about drafting either one of those guys. And – Golden State's a, a has another huge posi- position battle as far as uh, minutes go with Draymond Green and Jonathan Kuminga. Um, so th- it's going to be it's going to be weird. They're deep. They're going to be able to rest guys and be ready for the playoffs. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not drafting Kevon Looney, and I'm probably not drafting James Wiseman. I mean, we've talked about how Wiseman. There's a chance that he's falling far enough in drafts to where it's worth taking a chance on him. Yeah. My qu- I, I think what needs to happen is whether he's starting or not, he needs to convince Steve Kerr that he should be on the floor at the end of games because yeah, exactly. you know, Kerr is perfectly willing to go small and had great success doing that. So why does he need to force Wiseman onto the floor? I mean, 
maybe Wiseman's talent will will take him to that level. You know, it's possible. But in terms of fantasy, Wiseman landed in such a bad spot because he's a guy who we could imagine putting up, you know, eye-popping numbers on a terrible team right now, you know. Right. And he has sort of that dynamic skill set where he could jack up a bunch of threes and block a bunch of shots and just be the focal point of an awful team, man, he'd be a fantasy dream, right? On a, on a lottery bound team. But I just don't know if the path is really there for that at all on this, the way this Warriors roster is constructed. I think we're looking at a much lower ceiling. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. But you know, 25 minutes, maybe there's potential for like 12, eight, 1.5 threes, 1.5 blocks. I'd take, that. I mean, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And, and even slightly less than that would be, would be neat. You know, like, like, could he do like the Brooke Lopez thing, you know, like 12 and six with, with the three, you know, one to 1.5 threes and one to 1.5 blocks. Like yeah. that's a valuable fantasy player, you know? So it's, it doesn't ha- he doesn't have to do that much. And he certainly has the skills to do that. So we love Wiseman. We're taking him in the second round. That's what we can we should, <laughs> Matt, you should really start using the word neat uh, a lot more. Uh, yeah. I, you, you always seem to enjoy it when I, when I say that. I like it. Uh, we're going to Houston now. This is a fun one. This, this might be my, just looking at the list, this is among my favorite ones that we're going to talk about because I think there's a lot going on here. Tari Eason, the number 17 overall pick, had that really exciting summer league, around 17 points, 10.5 rebounds. I wrote down 1.8 steals, but I think that's wrong. Maybe that's right. 1.8 steals, 1.0 blocks, 1.4 threes, I think, in summer league. Anyways, lots of fun stats for him. But meanwhile, you've got veterans, including Jay Sean Tate, Eric Gordon, uh, in the equation there at small forward. Uh, Jared, I know you have a couple other guys you want to put into this conversation as well. But Steve, you first. What are your thoughts on this uh, situation? There's a lot going on here. There are, there are like, Houston now has a million wings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Jalen Green, Garrison Matthews, Jay Sean Tate. Gary you didn't mention. You didn't mention Josh Christopher. Well, Jared, I was saving that for letting Jared have a shot at that one. Uh, Eric Gordon, Terry, Tari Eason. Like, there's so many guys. Jabari Smith, K.J. Martin. It's kind of a mess. Like, the Houston Rockets are, like, to me, they're going to be the one of the most fun teams to watch on TV this year. Absolutely. Like, I, I feel like that is just going to be a hot mess. It's going to be fun. There's going to be... It's just going to be weird, but I, I I like Tari Eason a lot. But can he get enough minutes with all those other dudes there? Like I don't know. I don't know that I'm drafting any Rockets this year outside. I, you know, you guys know how I feel about KPJ Kevin Porter Jr. He'll probably be on my team one way or another. But the rest of them is You're doubling a, down. The mess. I will be. I will be drafting Jabari Smith for starters, wherever, wherever I can. And I'm high on Shangun too, but Jared, you go ahead. Cause we haven't even talked about, I know. can't wait till Shangun busts you again this year, please. <laughs> I, can't, I mean, KPJ, hold on. You're, you're doubling down on KPJ. That's a weird one for me. But anyways, uh, I will be drafting Jalen green happily. Um, it, the, the situation here is, is right here in the shooting guard, small forward position. Now, what I'm kind of expecting to happen is to Eric Gordon not get really a ton of minutes, maybe kind of mm-hmm. no minutes this season. It's, I know it's that he's time. in a contract year. It's time. They're, they have a billion wings here. 
like let the young guys shine and let him take on a mentorship role. Maybe they trade him for something to uh -huh. a contender. But um, Josh Christopher is the guy that draws my eye the most out of this group. Uh, he looked good when he was given opportunities last season, and he played well at Summer League. He had 19.7 points, 4.3 boards, 3 dimes, 1.7 steals, 1.7 swats. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't start, but I do think that he could be an effective six-man. Um, and even I, I could see him getting 30 minutes off the bench. Um, I I think that he could be a guy who kind of has a sophomore explosion. So he's a guy that I'm ex I'm excited about. Mm -hmm. This is assuming that Eric Gordon um, kind of is out of the rotation. Uh, less minutes for Garrison Matthews. Eason. 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 I mean, he was great at Summer League. I just – there's a lot going on here for him to be able to get minutes. Uh, as a yeah. rookie, I mean, I know that this is a young team, but – like Jay Sean Tate's there. May Garrison Matthews. I mean, I think he's a rotation player. Uh, so it's just, it's hard for me to figure out where his minutes would come. KJ Martin's going to back up Jabari unless he can get, I mean, I'm, I think with him, we're more so talking about backup minutes, maybe kind of like a 20 minute role. Maybe. I don't know. How do you I feel? Mean no, I, I think anything's on the table. I, I don't think it's out of the question that he gets handed the starting job. You know, he was mm -hmm. the number 17 pick. It's not, it's not the number three pick, right? But, I right. mean, it's not nothing. And yeah. so Josh Christopher I do like, too, by the way. He's, he's definitely on my radar. I mean, I haven't landed where I am on Tar Eason in terms of will he be like a last-round pick for me or will he be a guy that I'm, you know, thinking he could explode in like February, March, April, you know, when – things spiral into silliness. I, I, I don't know where I am on that one yet, but it's definitely just, yeah, we're all watching the situation. I mean, if I'm, I'm not going to be drafting the Jay Sean Tates uh, of this roster though, just because like, yeah, you know, I, I don't see the I don't see the path to season long value for a guy like that. I feel like um, training camp and preseason is going to be huge to yes. figure out what's going on in Houston. Yeah. Like, there's there's so many question marks out there right now that I I mean it it almost make your head spin to look at their depth chart. But if we scooch down to that center spot, I also want to mention yeah. uh, Usman Garuba, yeah, who was a lottery pick last year, I believe. He was uh, definitely least, a first rounder. I'll double definitely track. a first rounder. Um, I wouldn't sleep on this guy. Uh, we didn't see him at all his summer league, but look, he's 20 years old. He played a lot of professional ball overseas before he was drafted. Um, and with Wood gone, there's just a lot of minutes to fill in mm -hmm. that front court. Um, you know, Shangun could definitely start, but and I'd say he's probably the favorite to do so. But, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Guzman is able to kind of similar to what we were saying with Wiseman, if he can kind of carve out a 25 minute reserve role and split minutes with Shangun, he's a guy who has the ability to do across the board kind of contributions. His offense was raw his mm -hmm. rookie year, but he's had an entire year to work on that. And he's a superb passer for a big man. Uh, he plays really good defense. I think that maybe, maybe he can add a three. Who knows? I mean, yeah, every he, center in the league's adding a three, but he can make he, them. I've seen, I've seen it happen on video before. So that's a that's a guy. He's, I mean, definitely more of a deep league guy, but he's a guy who I'm, I'm very interested in as a potential deep league sleeper. I'm also interested in what you did a second ago, Jared. You took 
the first letter of his last name and attached it to his first name. You turn him into Guzman for a Damn second. <laughs> Garuba. Garuba. Ah. That's fine. Steve, what were you going to say? Oh, Goose. No. <laughs> Goose and Maverick. Uh, I just can't wait till Garuba ruins Alperin Shingun. Oh, and Steve. Matt Strauss. <laughs> you, I can't believe how far you've gone the other direction on Shingun. I'm not, I'm not touching that dude ever again. I've never... Um, I, I cannot wait for this Shangoon. I... In fact, that may be the the one that I get for the Luca bet that I still haven't collected on from this past season. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what did what did did Luca win win or lose you that free throw bet this past season? So I, I owe both yeah. of you a jersey. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, King Jock could go right there, right there. I'm going to get a um, Shangoon one, and I might start flying it behind me as well during the will podcast. Will you kick it over to Jared and let him say, now let's scooch on down to this next position battle? <laughs> I want to hear him say scooch again. Jared? Uh, I think we have a, a scooching on down to LA Clippers for that's, our next one. That's right. Perfect. That is Perfect. correct. Um <laughs> What a what a wild point guard situation here. It's it is the point guard position battle that we've always dreamed of. It's Reggie Jackson versus John Wall. Now, okay, Reggie for starters. Uh, I'm just going to lay out both for guys starters. here. I'm just going. Well, I didn't mean that. I'm going to lay out both guys' recent performances, and we'll just say where we land here. He had, he had a good year in terms of some counting stats. Points per game, just close, just short of 17. Uh, 3.6 rebounds, 4.8 assists, 2.23 pointers, and he played 75 games. You know, the, he's not a total zero, but he also shot below 40% from the field and had just 0.7 steals. Those are, those are issues in terms of fantasy. Meanwhile, John Wall, you might be blown away by this. I certainly was. Has played a total of 40 games since December of 2018. That's the last three and a half years he has played 40 games. games. 40 games in three and a half years. I had to let that sink in for a minute. I mean, December of 18, that was a, a real long time ago. How old so is he again? He's turning 32 in okay. September. So wh- when we last saw him uh, in 2020-21 for those 40 games, 20.6 points, 6.9 assists, 1.1 steals, 0.8 blocks, 2.03s. So he still had it in like terms of points leagues, but... As no surprise, that came with 40.4% from the floor, just below 75 from the line and three and a half turnovers. So, Steve, the bottom line, is either guy going to be someone we can even consider in you know traditional nine-category fantasy leagues? No. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, and it's too bad Pat Beverly's still not there, right? Like, that oh, would right. really make that fun. They have all three of those dudes. But, yeah, John Wall, I don't think he was even – those numbers you read off from that 2021 season were not not bad. No, Um, the counting stats are are pretty good. But I think prior to that, he wasn't even stealing the ball, and his free throws are garbage, and – I don't know, man. How he's thirty-two? Is that, is that almost? He'll be he'll be thirty-two when the season starts. Yeah, I no, I'm no, I'm not touching either one of them. I, I'd rather I'd rather have Xavier Moon uh, on my team. I think. Jared. Uh, yeah. Let me get my notes out. <clears throat> no. <laughs> let me let me check my notes. Let me check my notes here. Oh yes, here it is. No. Yeah. Like, the best I can 
do here is one of these guys gets injured, but even if, even if Wall is injured, like we've seen, I just read you the Reggie Jackson numbers, and there's still issues. Like he's gonna he's gonna torpedo your free, your field goal percentage, and so you have like what a top 150 guy if Wall is out of the equation, and with Wall, it's just what, how much are you willing to take on the guy who might have the most turnovers on your fantasy team right. and also take you down in percentages. It's right. just at what, at what cost, man, at what cost? Like, it's just not, it's just not worth it for 20 and seven or 18 and eight or whatever he's going to give you. I don't know. I'd yeah. Just, let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and check my notes here. Um, <laughs> uh, but it is kind of interesting that, that, that team, the uh, LA Clippers has, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and John Wall on it. Like you just yeah. read that on paper, it's like, ooh. It's like, ooh, what year is this? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but then you then you check your notes yeah. and you're like, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so this year it's 2022. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, we have more to come. First, we're gonna take a quick break. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. A reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go and download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in Major League Baseball on the PGA Tour and NASCAR circuit. We also have a special contest on Tuesdays and Thursdays called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot to collect some cash. Let us go now to a place commonly referred to as Oklahoma City. And so much talk about Chet Holmgren this summer, but... I think we're projecting him to start at center for this team, unless either of you want to say otherwise. And, and if that's the case, that leaves some intrigue at power forward for the Thunder, where it looks like, despite all of the moving parts on this Oklahoma City roster, this could come down to a Darius Baisley, Alexei Pokashevsky situation. Jared, what do you make of this one? Uh, Checking your notes? I mean, who are we? Who are these guys? Who are we talking about? Give me Chet. Give me Chet all day. I'm sure. sorry. That's where that's where my brain's at. The only guy I'm interested in in OKC is Chet, the seven footer, almost two hundred pound guy, shot blocking maestro, three point shooting kid out of out of Minnesota. I don't. I, I don't have no faith in Basley. I Basley. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. I don't know. Oku. Eh. Poku, I okay, yeah. Eh. Carry on. Let, I'll, I'll let you finish. No, that was it. My eh. <laughs> Steve, I I in preparing for this podcast, I started to get myself excited about Poku all over again. Where oh. are you now? 
How dare Jared come on here with me <laughs> and disrespect Poku like that? Like that is garbage. Garbage take. I don't like it. The only guy you're interested in in OKC is Chet. Chet? And Giddy. Yeah. That's it. Have you ever heard of Shea Gilgis Alexander? Yeah, he plays like 50 games. Yeah. Shut down Gilgis Alexander, Steve, is what we call him. (laughs) Um, That was. Basically, you guys know I'm kind of a Basley guy. I like Basley. I like under 40% shooting. I love well. That's that's my jam. I love that. Uh, (laughs) Kevin Porter Jr. I just do a field goal percentage tank, uh, right right from the get, right from the jump. But you know, there's a lot of guys. Kendrick Kendrick Williams just signed an extension. Lou Dort is back. Yeah, Baisley, Poku, Shea, Giddy. Like, there's a lot of guys. Chet, Poku, like. I I will be drafting Poku late because uh, he's just a freak. And him and Chet out there together, like that's going to be the two skinniest guys in the in the entire league. Derek Favors, don't forget Derek Favors. <laughs> you know he's back for his twenty uh, second season, I believe. Uh, so as for SGA, I really do actually hope that he. I, I would love. I mean, he he does put up awesome numbers. It'd be so great if he wasn't playing at OKC. Where you know the shutdown is just, you know, in the water basically. I mean, you know, like I, I don't know. It's frustrating that we need that to figure his. out: is OKC going to tank this year? Like that before we do anything, yeah. we, need to, we need to figure that out. And I don't think we should make the assumption that they are. I, I don't know. I just saw. I just saw like a random clip on Twitter of Victor Wimbanyana hitting Dude, he's a, hitting a, a straightaway three from like from the logo or whatever. He's yeah. insane. Uh, but is is OKC are they yeah. able to be as bad as like San Antonio now? Like I don't know that OKC can effectively tank because they have so much they, they talent. They'll figure. They'll find a way. I mean, it's still so a really. You guys a, think. What's the over-under on SGA's games played this year? 56 and a half. I'll take the under. Hmm. How many games did Chet play? I don't know, man, but that's just an exciting <laughs> that's an exciting guy to have on your team. I think I'd still take I, the I'd take the under on 60 for Chet, too, probably. I hate it. I hate to say it. I feel like Chet's a guy that if I drafted him and it really got to a situation where we were fearing a shutdown, you could still move him for quality assets. I think so. He's a guy that I want on my team. What I've said is you you trade Chet at the moment of the season when you say to yourself, I can't trade this guy. That's when you send out the offers to people because that's the moment that other people are thinking, oh, man, I got it. Once you're at the point where you want to trade him, no one else wants him at that point. Jared, where are you drafting Chet? I'd like to play face down poker for just a little bit longer, but <laughs> first round. Um, I mean, I hear people talking about round three. That seems that seems high to me. I mean, I, I don't want to reach quite that high. Uh, it seems like I, I feel like I've read a Steve tweet say, in, indicating round three area. That's a little high, but round four, I, I would be comfortable there. All right, I'll, I will take him in round three. 
Um, okay. Now that I know Jared's taking in four, got it. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and take it. Let, let, let me check my notes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> round, round three is when. Uh, no, but I mean, round three just sounds right to me. If you want Chet, I think that's where you, you're going to have to take him. And what about, yeah, I don't. Baisley and Poku? Like, that's, I don't yeah. know. I don't think you want Baisley or Poku on your team. And if you do have them on your team, you're, you're going to be taking them in like 10, 11, 12. Yeah, I should be able to fire. Yeah. So let's talk about <laughs> those guys since that was the original position battle that we were going to talk about here. Baisley, here's, here's the good for him. Just turned 22 years old, coming off a season where he averaged around 11.6 rebounds, 0.8 steals, one block, and 1.2 threes. Percentages are a little shaky, but he just he's cracked the 40% plateau, guys. 42.2% was a career high. Whatever. I mean, with the steals, blocks, and threes, there's at least a skill set there for a fantasy breakout to happen in the right situation. As for Poku, over his final 25 games, this guy averaged around 12 points, 7 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 0.8 steals, 0.8 blocks, 1.5 threes. He got his percentages in order, 44.5 from the floor, 78 from the line. He's still just 20 years old. I think that a Poku breakout really could happen. While everyone's thinking about Chet, understandably, deservedly, I think there's a chance that Poku proves to be a great late-round pick this year. It, it's, a, it's a gamble. Like it, could, it could totally backfire, but I see myself drafting him late in drafts just to see what happens because so much intrigue here. I know Steve's with me, and I see Jared starting to nod too. Yeah, no. Oh, Jared, Jared's a no. Okay. Check your notes, Jared. <laughs> Got it. Steve, I know you're kind of with me on that one. Dude, I love Poku. If he, if, if I would have lost, if I would have won my bet with y'all and you were sending me a jersey, one of them would be a Poku. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy you can presumably draft late and just drop if two weeks in you don't like what you see. You know, late round guys are just, you know, swinging for stuff. I get it. But, um, I think there's other guys out there I'd rather have. That's fair. Um, okay, so let's go to Sacramento, uh, where from my vantage point, the Kings have made themselves another beautiful mess in terms of <laughs> position overlap. Mainly, I think it's at shooting guard, where they have added both Kevin Herter and Malik Monk. Um, Jared, do you do you worry like me about these two just kind of crushing each other's value? Do you like either of these guys this season? Yeah, this is this is an interesting one. I I feel like it's a straight 50-50 can't tell right now. You know, when Monk was a free agent, he was uh, explicitly talking about wanting more opportunity. And then when he signed, there was a report from the Sacramento Bee uh, saying the opportunity he was he was not guaranteed a starting spot, but opportunity was discussed. Now this was the day before they traded for Herder. Um, you know, both guys are capable of putting up fantasy stat-worthy lines uh, when they're given the minutes. So I would say whoever gets the starting job is someone who I'd be intrigued by as a late-round flyer. Uh, but it's it's tough for me to right now project who's going to win it. But that's certainly a position battle that I'll be watching. Let me check my notes. Um, that's <laughs> going to be a no. Uh Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, they can they can battle it out all day long. There, it's going to be a 50-50 split. It's going to be a timeshare. They're both going to be intriguing and probably serviceable, but nothing more than that. Um, yeah. Bring on the Keegan Murray show. Let's do that. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm worried about Herter and Monk. I don't, especially because it's Sacramento. I, I sometimes wonder if they have a plan. Know what they're doing? Yeah, it's just like, here, wow. this guy's this guy. We like this guy. We like this guy. But I don't know that they always think about the fit. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's just, and I, and I hope that, I think that Harrison Barnes and Keegan Murray can, can coexist. I hope I that so. they're both versatile enough. I, I'm cautiously optimistic, I think, on that one. And let's not forget that D- Davion Mitchell is hanging around there, too. He's going to play yeah. some minutes at the two, I assume. Yeah. I was going to talk about the Lakers shooting guard situation, guys, but then I, ju- then I looked at all of these guys, and I was just thinking to myself, I don't want any of these guys in fantasy, whether it's Lonnie Walker or Austin Reeves or Talon Horton Tucker. or I mean, I guess if Buddy Heald ends up with L.A., then I think we have something to talk about there. But would there be any of those guys that you would be enthusiastic about, either of you, uh, if, if we knew that they were the starter? Well, I mean, I'd be shocked if Lonnie Walker wasn't the starter. Yeah. I, I wouldn't view him as anything more than a late-round flyer. Yeah. I mean, he just points in threes, right? Like, he can yeah. get... Kind of threes, too. It's like... Yeah. So it's like points. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit one-dimensional. Pretty hollow stat line. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and Austin Reeves is just... I mean, he's a role player. He's going to... He just right. comes off the bench and hits threes. Like, no. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah, Austin Reeves, in the games he started... I think 19 of them averaged 9.1 points per game without many peripheral stats. And that was getting, I think, like 26 minutes per game or something like that in those games. So he got his chances to start, and there just wasn't a lot of, a lot of fantasy upside there. We've got a few more situations to hit here. I want to, at the end of this, get to a couple position battles that may not be position battles at all. But, Jared, there are a couple teams here. Did you have any... I think you maybe had some thoughts about Memphis and Denver. Do you want to quickly hit those before we move to my non-position battles? I can do Denver real quick. Uh, yeah. The Denver thing is is mainly my intrigue is with Bones here. Mm-hmm. Um, just because Jamal Murray is, there's reports of him still uh, yeah. potentially not being ready for the start of the season. And when if and when he does play, he's going to have a minutes cap. Is he going to go full Jonathan Isaac on us? Oh, is he no. going to miss two seasons for this ACL tear, I think it was yeah. ACL tear. ACL. Um, so that that's what intrigues me about Bones. It's less of a position battle, but just there could be a ton of opportunity at the point. He's looked good last year. Uh, maybe Mike Malone will be a little bit more willing to play him as a sophomore. So that's a guy I like. Um, if y'all have anything to contribute to that, I can move on to Memphis. I, I, I like your take on Bones. I think this Jamal Murray thing. I don't think he's going to miss the season, but they're going to be super careful with him. He's working his way back, et cetera, et cetera. I think Bones, like you can get him super late in your fantasy right. draft, and he could really have some some decent value. And if MPJ does the same thing as, as Murray does and his back is jacked up again this year, then maybe Bruce Brown finally gets some fantasy love. Okay, and Memphis, Jared? Yeah, so Memphis, we kind of had uh, Adams versus Clark. I think that Adams is going to be the starting center. They were getting shy of a 61 season, so um, that would surprise me. But even if he's a starter, I'm not drafting uh, Steven Adams. Uh, Clark, he's shown us that even in a 25-minute reserve role, he's highly capable of chipping in across-the-board production. Uh, He doesn't really hurt you anywhere. 
And with Jaron Jackson Jr., essentially, I mean, his his season's in jeopardy yet again. Um, I think that Clark is the guy that you want from, yeah. out of these guys. And then real quick, a potential deep league guy from this, uh, their rookie, David Roddy, who they just drafted. Um, I think that he does have the potential to emerge with some fantasy value in deep leagues. Uh, he had a three-year collegiate career, so he's technically a little bit more developed than other rookies. And mm-hmm. in his junior year, he put in averages of 19.2 points, 7.5 boards, 2.9 dimes, 1.5 triples, 1.2 steals, and 1.1 blocks per game uh, in his junior year at Colorado State. Uh, he plays with a lot of hustle on defense. I think that'll endear him to the culture in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of a guy who I have my eye on in deep leagues. Um as a guy who could pick up minutes with with no JJJ. I am not going to forget about Kenny Lofton Jr. either because every time I've spoken to anyone about him or read anything about him, it's like, uh, he's not going to do anything. He's too big. He's, he's, he's too heavy to play in the NBA. If you watched him play in summer league, dude, he, he balled out. Like he looked good to me. And with Jaron Jackson Jr. being hurt and Brandon Clark being Brandon Clark, I, I think Kenny Lofton uh, Jr. is somebody who is going to get zero respect. He's probably not going to be drafted in any fantasy drafts, but I could see him making an impact this year. I do like Clark. I think Clark is one of those guys. Clark and Bones, who we talked about in Denver, are both guys I think you can draft at the end of your draft, and they can help you win your fantasy league. Um, I'm hoping Kenny Lofton – uh, junior gets enough minutes to also do some damage. And I just think the problem is he's limited to games because he's on a two-way deal. Yeah. I also think Clark could be a guy we see going in the middle of drafts. But de- depending on, I mean, depending on Jaron Jackson Jr.'s forecast, right? I mean, am I, would you disagree with that, Jared? I hope he wouldn't. I mean, I could see it because that's technically where he ranks. Um, I, I like him as a late round target. I like say eight. Um, yeah. We're talking mid rounds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Eight, eight is fair. Eight I is mean, fair. yeah. Or I mean, I guess in my mind, for some reason, I had like the seventh round range. And if you wanted to kind of ensure that you got him, I don't know. I, I, I really think, I don't know. I, I like him a lot. And he's, this is probably the best setup he's had. Yes. After. I agree. Showing some things but I would not be surprised if you if you can get him in eight or nine. Maybe I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that that everybody's going to be. It, it also depends on how much we hype him up and other sites hype him up before it gets here. But yeah. All right, let's close this out with a couple of, as I said, non-position battles. I, I look at the situation in Portland at shooting guard, and it looks to me like. Maybe this is Anthony Simons' position here uh, after signing a four-year, $100 million deal. I mean, unless for some reason, you know, they opt to start Gary Payton the second or something like that. Steve, it seems like Anthony Simons is, is ready to run with this shooting guard role. Looks that way. I mean, I, I don't – I'm Keon Johnson and Shadon Sharp do not scare me. Um, I think GP2 is not going to play over, over Simons. I think Simons is ready to – Right to blow it up. Last year's waiver wire pickup of the years M- might be this year's uh, fifth round pick that ends up turning into a monster. I I don't know where 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 does Anthony Simons go in your draft, Mastro? Well, here I mean 
my concerns with him are if he doesn't have the ball all the time, he's not going to get a lot of assists and he doesn't get a lot of steals. So as a starting point guard, I would like him a lot more and I'd be a lot more willing to live with his lack of steals because I know he can make up for that with assists and he got better at assists as the season went on last year. But as like a secondary playmaker, what's he going to get? I mean, is he going to get three to four assists per game, something like that? As a starter last year, starting at point guard, he averaged 22 points, five and a half assists, 0.6 steals and 4.1 threes. I think he can get you a lot of points and threes this year, but I don't know what else exactly he's going to get you. What do you think, Jared? I'm in agreement with you. I mean, they gave him all that money for a reason and they didn't <clears throat> sign another, another two guard unless they were going to start Josh Hart and do something weird at small forward. Um, yeah, I think that the opportunity is there for him. Like you guys said, uh, the problem is the stat set. Uh, if he was averaging five assists as a starting point guard, 22 points, he likes shooting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, maybe it's like three assists and, and like 18 points and two threes. That's I would, yeah, I would ramp up to threes. I can picture him getting, I can picture him being like one of those, you know, like a three, three pointer per game guy. That's true. Three plus. You know, yeah. he has that, he has that uh, ability. And, and like 18 points to me sounds like a, a reasonable, like, you know, median expectation. I, th I think he could do more than that potentially. So I do like him, Steve. I just don't know if I'm aggressive on him just because of my concerns about the assistance steals as the shooting guard. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and, you know, last year we were picking him up off the waiver wire, so it was just free. And this right. year you're going to have to take him in four or five, six, somewhere in there. Um, and that's different because then you're, you're, you've, got, you've got an investment there. So, right. uh, I, But I do think he's going to be fun, and I think him and, him and Damian Lillard will be the new Lillard and CJ, uh, obviously, CJ McCollum. Uh, okay, gotcha. Should be fun. Should be fun. Uh, last one, and Jared, you brought this one up, is with DeJounte Murray now playing for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, you look at the point guard situation in San Antonio, and it is Trey Jones, and we don't know what else. It's like the Trey Jones show all of a sudden, isn't it, Jared? It looks like it. Um, they still, they've yet to bring on uh, a, another free agent. And if you look at the available free agents, I don't see them bringing on Kemba Walker, Dennis Schroeder. And then after that, it's DJ, IT2. All these guys are reserves. Frank Jackson, Rondo. Chris. So it looks like it's about to be the Trey Jones show in San Antonio. And uh, 11 games has started last season, 13.5 yeah. uh, points, 7.5 dimes, 1.1 steals, and just 1.1 turnovers per game with solid percentages. I like this guy a lot. Uh, I think that he has massive sleeper potential, yeah. uh, assuming we don't hype him up too much. Uh, but he's a guy that I, you know, he gets those categories that are rare and you need. Um, so he's one of my favorite uh, way too early late round targets. Yeah, I, I'm on your, I'm, I, I land with you on this one. Like those assists you mentioned as a starter, seven and a half assists. And uh I think the only thing really missing for him as a fantasy point guard is threes. Mm -hmm. He did not hit a lot of those last year. So, yeah. but he also he, didn't play last year. Like, no, but I mean, even as a starter, I think he was around like 0.3 per game or something like that. It was, yeah. serves correctly. So that you're not necessarily getting that. I mean, the guys can improve their, their three point 
production year over year. But either way, I mean, a guy who is that, you know, it's going to be Triangle. that far down. A guy who's going to be that Jared's dog is being I thought, from here. I thought that was your dog. No. Jungle. Uh, well, that trying to mute my mic. That didn't work. Uh, San Antonio is going to be fun, man. Trey Jones and Devin Vassell both should yeah. just blow up this year. Um, I'm not super excited about Dougie McBuckets. Uh, Keldon Johnson is going to Keldon Johnson up. will be a points and threes all-star this year. Points and threes all-star. Well, in San Antonio are points and threes all-stars, the whole team pretty much. And then your boy, Jakob Pertle, going to be out there getting it done. But I'm excited about Trey Jones, and I'm excited about Devin Vassell. And, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna watch the Spurs. I think. Wow, that's big news. Again, Second year in a row, Steve. Second year in a row. You kind of liked the Spurs last year too. Really turning over a new leaf here. Before we go, let's uh, let's continue our off-season birthday series, guys. Uh, it's July 29th, Friday. Now, not a lot of action today in terms of current NBA players who have birthdays. Steve's putting on his party hat, so thank you, Steve, for being prepared. Thursday, though, we had Frank Nilakina, among others, and on Sunday, looking ahead to Sunday. Thomas Bryant and Hamadou Diallo. Steve's got the party pipe out. So, uh, exciting stuff. <laughs> Happy birthday, boys. Jared, it's your first uh, birthday. First birthday celebration. <laughs> that is going to do it for us on this episode. Don't forget to Man, subscribe. Man, you need to tell you need to tell your Dan Patrick story, right? Uh, or no? I mean, I could. Just do it real quick. It, it's funny. I love that story. I think about it all the time. I mean, okay, I'll do it. Um, I was about to sign off, but yeah, uh, I always interrupt your sign offs. Well, no, I I worked. I, I wrote for Dan Patrick at a couple of Olympics, and one of the guys who we worked with, like the researcher on the show at the Olympics, <laughs> had a birthday during the Olympics. And so Dan Patrick really got into that. And literally every time he would see the guy afterwards, he would just launch into singing happy birthday, but he would never start at the beginning. It was always, be birthday to you. <laughs> he would just come in the room seamlessly, just like see the guy whose name was Dan, also Dan and be like, like Dan, the researcher might have something to say to him, like a question or, hey, Dan, I've got your notes here. Beepers! It was like, it's tremendous. Really hilarious stuff. So, oh, I love it. So we'll much. just do this. Birthday to you and many more. There you have it. Um, all right. That is really going to do it for us on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We are back here next Friday as we will continue to be here on Fridays for the foreseeable future. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching live with us. Steve, Jared, thanks to both of you. I shall talk to you soon. Have a thanks, good boys. Adios. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? 
also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 